are you doing today? Oh my goodness, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Was it awesome in here this morning or what? The presence of God is just fantastic. I'm rushing, yeah, I know. There we go, are we ready? I'm ready, they're not ready. I'll wait. How's everybody doing today? Hey, you know what? Um, someone shared with me this week and um, I said, wow, that's so true. What was the last thing that God created? I mean, obviously, creation continues to expand, right? We know this. Science has proven that the galaxy, the galaxy itself at this point continues to expand, at least our knowledge of it. But what was the last thing that God created? He created the earth. He created the seas. He created the plants. He created the animals. He created man. And then he said, it is not good for man to be alone. So then he created woman. And then he said, it is good. God made woman. And then he said, hey, I'm done. <laughs> some of you got that and some of you will get it later. Oh, Lord. Good stuff. Hey, we're here for Let's Grab Coffee. So uh, I invited Lori Devino. Many of you know Lori. Uh, Lori is a friend of the house. We've been praying for Lori and praying for her eye. Many of you know that. Um, Lori and Ron attended here years ago. Uh, Ron is my chiropractor. He does great work, so if you ever need a chiropractor, see him. Lori wrote a book entitled um, Coffee House Parenting. And so when the sermon series came up and I said, hey, I think it'd be a great idea to have Lori come, I invited her. She's here. So let's just uh, give her a big hand. Welcome, Lori, uh, this morning. Super excited to have her here with us. Um, Lori, I'm going to just start off by asking the question that everybody in the room wants to know. How's your eye? How is my eye? Well, thanks to prayer and a lot of faith, I still have my eye. I just want to start with that. Amen. Because Glory in the God. beginning, um, I was told to prepare for removal as one of the very first options. So I want to thank every single one of you for praying with us, with my family. At this time, I'm not going to get emotional. It's truly the, the faith of um, our brothers okay and sisters in Christ that has gotten us through. It was a really dark time, no pun intended. Um, but truly, and as I was sitting there thinking about it, I could get into all the technical terms, and I'm not going to do that. We're still contending. I've had three surgeries. They're putting on the table at least one more um, to try to rectify some of the issues that are going on. If you're going to continue to pray, we're praying and asking for the Lord to completely heal the new cornea that I have. There was Amen. some damage done to it from the last surgery. Um, and we're also praying and believing that if the Lord wants to supernaturally put in a new lens, I'm completely good with that. I'd rather have him do the surgery. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. But either way, I need a new lens. I currently don't even have a lens now. Um, but my vision, the little bit that I kind of have, has improved. And they feel that's very Amen. promising. And Amen. one of the tests they did on me prior to this last surgery, they weren't expecting me to pass. And um, the surgeon held a flashlight to my eye like they often do. And I said, I can see red. And he went, you can see color. It's like mic drop in the office because he truly could Praise not believe that I could see color. Praise the Lord. And the words from my surgeon that day <clears throat> were, your healing is very advanced. Yeah. 
Amen. So it's that that keeps him fighting like he's fighting with these surgeries. He hasn't thrown in the towel yet, and we know we're not going to throw in the towel. So Amen. thank you all Amen. very much for continuing to stand Amen. with us. We continue to assault the gates of heaven for healing, and uh, we, will see, we will see healing come. One of the things, one of the principles that we have to be aware of with healing is we have to be searching for and listening for wisdom. Because sometimes healing comes through supernatural means. God will heal me supernaturally. But sometimes healing will come through natural means as well. So sometimes you do need to go to doctors. Sometimes you do need to go to the specialist. Sometimes God's going to give you an idea that nobody would have ever thought of. And that's going to be the point of your healing. God uses many ways. So don't, do not discount wisdom or natural healing as we pursue healing in God's realm. Amen? Amen. 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 All right, so today we're going to be talking about Let's Grab Coffee, the next in the sermon series. Today's message is entitled Train Up a Child. And so many of you know the scripture uh, from Proverbs. It says, Proverbs 22, 6, it says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And so as we talk about Let's Grab Coffee, this is about discipleship. One of the things that we want to make sure that we do in our discipleship process is we want to make sure that we disciple our children, and we want to be sure to disciple them well. And so Lori's my guest here today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some different aspects of what it means to disciple your children. What does that look like? Again, we use this terminology, but we need some real life examples. I wouldn't have known what disciple looked like if Pastor Tom hadn't modeled it for me. Uh, by the way, on the 22nd, Pastor Tom will be my guest up here, and so we're excited for that. Um, but today we're talking about discipling our children. Now, you may have adult children. You may not have children. There are principles that we're going to talk about today in discipling your children that have transferable application. So whether or not you have kids, Take what, we're, take what we're saying to you today and use it to disciple whatever young person God put in your life. Amen? Amen. Psalm 127 verse 3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gates. Amen? So great to be bringing this message to you on Mother's Day. Uh, here's our model. If I'm Paul, then my children are all Timothys, right? And so my children are Timothys. Lori's children are her Timothys. And so we seek to pour into and train up those children in our life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, uh, we just pray your blessing here today. We pray your blessing over this time. And we invite your holy presence to continue to move through us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, Lori, you've got five kids. You outnumber me by one. Uh, we had kids first, but then you quickly passed us. First time. We had uh, four, four kids in three and a half years. You had four in 18 months. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and I'm an only child, and it was just my mom and I growing <laughs> up. So talk about clueless. Good I was stuff. completely clueless. Good stuff. Threw you right in the deep end, quick. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. No better way to start. We started with twins. You started with triplets. Yep. Fantastic. Uh, 
All right, so... And they're all still here. And they're all still here. Yes. And they're all still serving God. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Amen. All right, so first question I have is, was there someone in your life that guided you in raising your children in the Lord, in discipling your children? Was there somebody that, that helped you, showed you along the way? My initial response on this would be a quick no, because I didn't have someone along the way who necessarily showed me about parenting. But what I did have was older women in my life pouring into me about my relationship with the Lord primarily and my new role as a wife and mother. And to create God's order in my home and to develop my relationship with the Lord because, as I just mentioned, I was an only child and it was just my mom and I growing up, so I could run the show. I had no problem running the show. But there's an order I believe the Lord talks about in his word to submit to my husband and to submit to one another. And being outnumbered from the start with three babies <laughs> and then four, Ron and I had to really become a team. And I needed to learn how to become a team player. I couldn't just be that take charge. I needed to respond as the Lord would want me to, to let my husband lead and work together in our, as our team. So I had those older re relationships. But I also realized as the kids were getting a little older, and I thought I was hiring just babysitters. I thought I was just hiring people to help tie shoes and zip coats because I didn't have enough hands. But, but the Lord was definitely bringing Timothys into my life, uh, younger women that I could pour into. Tanya is definitely one of them and a lifelong friend. And helping out a single mom that we knew through a season of single parenting with her kids was just pouring into her. And I think it was so key as a young mom and just in life because we can get so consumed with our own lives. We can be so overwhelmed. Oh, my gosh, I have four babies. Because I was definitely in that zone where I was just like, I would go to the store sometimes be like, you need to get out of my way because I'm in a hurry. <laughs> you don't know what I have at home. And we can't live like that as God's people. We have to walk in the fruits of the Spirit. So by having Amen. other people to remind us what we know, to pour into them, it just comes out and it makes us mature yeah. as Christians. And through all of that, through that pouring in and pouring out, the Lord drew me closer to him and my husband to parent together. Nice. So the parenting was birthed from my closeness to the Lord and, and my husband. So it wasn't that, oh, well, I'm going to do this. And let me check this off because I tried all that. I had my spreadsheets and everything from the beginning because that's how I, th I think. And it isn't about that. It is about really just that pouring in, pouring out. And then you pour into your children because all of a sudden you realize you have all these Timothys you're pouring into. And it's, it's really awesome because Amen. you can sit with them yeah. like you do with a friend yeah. and pour into them. So, Something that I've learned in having Timothys, you bring up Timothys, and you bring up those, also those people who have poured into you, which we're going to refer to as Peters or spiritual mentors. One of the important things that I've found in having Timothys is I learn everything I know better when I have to teach it. I may know something, but when I have to teach somebody else, then I have to analyze what it is that I'm doing to be able to tell them how it is that I'm doing what I'm doing. I know how to shovel dirt, but when I go to show someone else how to shovel dirt all day long and not get tired, I have to analyze every movement that I make with my hands on the shovel to be able to determine how to teach the person that I'm showing how to shovel. There's a right way to shovel. The other important thing here to learn uh, from what Lori is saying is that even if you didn't have good parents, even if you 
um, didn't have parents, you're a your child of a sing, single parent, didn't have godly parents, that's no excuse. There's other people in your life that you can draw from, that you can make up what's missing, that God will make up what's missing, and he'll give you every single thing you need to do the task that he has given you. And so thank you. That was, those were some awesome points. What is, uh, Lori, what is one of the most important things you did to in- encourage your children to follow the Lord? We were extremely intentional about what our kids received, what books they read, what videos they watched, what movies they watched, what music they listened to as they got older, to be aware of who's speaking into their lives, who their peers are, who they're spending their time with. And as they, when they were really little, you know, you get them in their little bedtime routine. And our bedtime routine, when they were little, we'd watch usually like Bible Man or Veggie Tales, something biblically based. We'd have children's Bibles. Read, Ron would read with them. I would pray with them. And that routine changed as they changed, as they got older. They got big Bibles, real Bibles. And um, we still pray. And to this day, we still have our family devotional time. And in those, my kids, just so you all know, um, the four older ones are young adults. And we had Caleb eight years after Ronnie. So that's the tribe. And so Caleb is homeschooled and in um, seventh grade. So we have a very busy household. They're all still at home. And, but in those teenage years, in the middle school years, when you're having that time over the Bible, that's when a lot of questions really come up. They yeah. start questioning what they believe and why we believe it and what's going on in our culture, what's going on in our world especially. So we had great discussions, deep discussions, hard discussions over those years to really solidify what they believe. And so there's an importance to develop that time you can have together as a family over the word of God. But I did cheat on this question and ask my kids, you know, what stood out to them. And they all, you know, donut man, veggie tales. And watching daddy every morning in the same spot, praying and reading his Bible was another response that I got. So we have to live what we believe, live what we teach, and we can live it openly. A lot of times I just wanted my devotional time quietly, and I just wished as a mom I could have it behind closed doors and not interrupted. And can I tell you, after having this thing with my eye, my space is the couch. So my my time is there. That's and I heard one morning Ron saying to everybody, that's just your mom singing. (laughs) Because I was worshiping the Lord. So we can live openly before our kids. Our, our, our relationship with the Lord, yes, we need to go in our prayer closet, yeah. but we can live it openly before yeah. them as well. That's so good. We actually, it, I believe that it's a, a foundational truth that we actually need to live our faith out loud in front of our children. Um, show our faith. Show that we read. Show that we pray. Show that we trust. And when doubts arise, that may be the time to hide or to not reveal. Kids don't need to know everything. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in the world that children need to be protected from. We don't show them every single thing that happens on the news. And we don't show kids every single thing that happens in our lives. I protect my children from if I have a bad feeling towards someone because that's not a godly thing. And so I protect my children from ungodly things that I know are in me. And so that's also, what, what a great point, Lori. Next question, what random advice did you receive that really helped? Random advice. Rabbi Barry Feynman 
said to me when I was pregnant with the triplets. He said, love spelled to a child is T-I-M-E. And I had no idea what he was talking about. And I was a stay-at-home mom. I really didn't have a choice in that matter with so many. But, um, and then we turned into a homeschool family. And I was with my kids 24-7. And yeah. I did not have any idea what that meant. I thought I did. But I remember distinctly the time that I finally understood what he was talking about. I had, um, Ron and I had been invited to go with Pastor Charlie Muller's team into the prison ministry at the Albany County Jail. And I had been doing women's prison ministry with Linda Kay and Lori Brown at the Rensselaer County Jail. So it's like, yeah, let's kick it up a notch. And so we went just to observe. You never observe with Pastor Charlie. <laughs> so we were invited in, and just getting into the jail was very different than Rensselaer County. It was going gate after gate. Anybody here ever been in the Albany County Jail visiting? Um, so you, it's, it's a long process to get in there. And I thought, dear God, are we ever going to get out of here? And so we finally get in, and they put you in this huge room, and they bring in, they were doing both the men and women. They did two different services. So the men came in first, seeing these prisoners in their garb and um, watching what was going on. And Pastor Marty was with us that night. And the next thing I knew, Pastor Marty handed me the mic. Not planned, nothing prepared, but the fire of God came on me, and I charged these men to stay involved in your kids' lives, even if it's behind bars. That's right. I knew the hole in my heart from my father never being involved in my life, and that's what the Lord just put in me to speak out. So the men left. It was awesome, and then they brought the women in, and I was terrified. These women were scary. It was like <laughs> really thought if you just looked wrong, you could get beat up, and sure enough, Pastor Marty sticks the mic in my hand again, and I brought out the same message to the women, even from behind bars, still parent your kids, but this time I was able to step down and go pray with them and weep with them and just really love on these women, and they're crying and they're weeping, and God is moving and changing hearts, and they're begging me to come back again, and I remember I went home, and Rachel was still awake waiting for me to get home. She was worried because we went into prison and that's when the message hit me. I was so busy working for my kids, making sure everything was done just right. I remember two years old, Tanya walked in one day, and Sarah was vacuuming with my Kirby vacuum, and she looked at me, and she's like, Lori, these kids aren't even potty trained yet. I'm like, yeah, priorities. we got to have the house clean. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was that night being in jail that it hit me. I needed to give my kids my heart, even if I didn't feel like my heart was even good enough for them. It was still what they were going to need to grow in life, to connect in life. That's what we have to give our kids as parents more than ever with the things that they're facing today. Our kids need to know we're for them. We're not just going to make sure they have everything they have, but that we're really for them, that we can yeah. connect with them heart to heart because they're dealing with issues we never dealt with yeah. Yeah. ever. So that, it took me probably 10 years to get what, what Rabbi said, but that was that. And then the other piece to that was someone gave us cassette tapes, a cassette tape teaching back in the day. You remember those? Those are before CDs and just after eight tracks. Yes, cassette tapes. So someone had given us a teaching called Spirit Beings. 
and it talked about children and how we spend so much time feeding them, making sure they're clean and put to bed. It's the bulk of our time as parents and driving them today. But we have to make sure we know they're spirit beings. We have to feed their spirits. Amen. Have to be feeding their spirits. So that ties in with being intentional about what you're giving them is feed them intentionally. Don't just stick them in front of a computer screen because you're tired and they're annoying. Pay attention. Computer screens, they can be useful. Right. You know, the TV can be a tool. Just pay attention to all those things, even when you're tired, because you'll reap the benefits from it if you do. Yeah. yeah. This, is, uh, this is something that uh, Stacy and I do with our own children. You know, the one single piece of advice that I give every new parent, it's always the same. It, it, it hasn't changed. It probably won't change. The, single, the, the first single piece of advice that I give every single parent is don't blink. Don't blink. Because the next thing you know, you're sending them off to college. You're walking them down the aisle. And they're no longer your children. When Stacy uh, was not even pregnant yet, the Lord gave her a vision, uh, spoke to her, didn't give her a vision, spoke to her and impressed upon her that children are a gift from God that we are to steward until it's time that we return them to him. They are not ours. And we did everything from that standpoint. And it made all the difference. These are God's kids. Don't blink, because in the blink of an eye, they're going to be grown up and they're going to be gone. They're going to have their own families. They're going to want to do what they want to do. One of the points that I always, uh, I believe firmly in is quantity time, right? We talk about quality time all the time, right? The five uh, love languages, one of them is quality time. We need to be aware of quantity time. Life is what happens while you're making other plans. We were getting in the truck one day to go landscape, uh, and the boys were working for me, and it was hot, it was the middle of, it was summertime, and it was hot in the morning. And so we stopped to get coffee, let's grab coffee, we stopped to get coffee on the way to go landscape, and um, the boys both got an iced coffee, and I got a hot coffee. And uh, one of my boys asked me a question, they said, Dad, why do you drink hot coffee on hot days? I had no answer, but I responded and I said, someday you'll be a man. (laughs) (laughs) 10 years later, I'm telling you the truth, 10 years later, that showed up in my Father's Day card. (laughs) Life is what happens while you're making other plans. I had no plan on saying that. That came off the cuff. It, it meant something to him. I still haven't figured out what it meant. I don't know why I said it. <laughs> Here we go. Good stuff. Life is what happens when you're making other plans, and it's these little things that your kids are going to remember when they grow up. It's these little things that your Timothys in your life are going to remember 10, 20, 30 years from now. Lori, is there anything uh, that you wish that someone had told you that you had to find out for yourself? Yes, yes, and yes. And that is why I wrote my book, Coffee House Parenting. I've sat with a lot of moms over the past two decades of parenting and found that we all feel lonely in our struggles. We don't have those places to really open up to other people. And I 
the Lord put this project on my heart some years ago to give moms a safe place to connect, to feel heard, to be like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's me too. You will laugh probably at me and with me in the book. You will cry and you will find a place to connect with God. Each chapter ends with a brief prayer. Moms are busy, but they need to know that uh, we can connect with God throughout our day today. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to lean on him through those challenges of parenting. Parenting is hard, but it is the best job you will ever, ever, ever have in your world. It is an honor to parent. It is an honor to stand with parents. It is an honor to fight in prayer. I watched Pastor Matt and Pastor Stacy worshiping this morning, and they're worshiping their hearts out because of who he is. And as they do it, they're fighting for every single one of you and and your families. You are under a great leadership team here, and they will help you fight that fight spiritually. The battle is so strong spiritually. We know that. We see the sign of the times that we're living in. It doesn't always make sense. I'm raising young adults that are trying to prepare for their futures when they don't know if the apocalypse is going to happen tomorrow. But as we create that space and that time for Jesus and for God, he will move and take care of all of it. So... Bless you all with with, uh, your Mother's Day and with all that you're doing here at Redeeming Love. It's an honor to be here. Amen. We're glad to have you. Um, All right. So let's grab coffee. We're talking about raising kids this morning. Is there... uh, is there an age? I mean, how many, of your co- how, many, how many of your kids drink coffee? Do you go to coffee with them often? At what age is it okay that we start administering okay start. caffeine to children? I mean, is there an age limit here? Because, you know, if you drink coffee too young, does it stunt their growth? Uh, Ron's a doctor. I mean, these are good questions oh, these that, are we, need, fantastic that questions. we need answers to. Well, don't quote me on any of it. Uh, Ron does not drink coffee, so this is a standalone, but the only coffee drinker we have is Ronnie, and he is a coffee snob. He makes up for everybody else. Ron just said, yeah, he does. He's a coffee snob, and I'm okay with that. It's partially my fault, Um, but I do enjoy coffee dates with all of my kids. Even uh, my girls will go to coffee shops with me, too. It's a great time. It's just like having coffee with a friend. Part of the book I write, I didn't know I was raising my best friends. I had no idea. You yeah. know, just you're trying to survive life when they're little yeah. <laughs> and keep them alive. Yep. So, but I'm so thankful they've been living at home while uh, they were in college and being at home with me during this trial with my eye. Um, just doing life with my kids is awesome. So, amen. But I know you have the other, you have the real answers to the coffee questions. So, um, Many of you may have heard this before. Maybe you haven't. One of the most, I believe, foundational times for my children was a time that we called um, Farmer's Market. So when we ran our nursery, I would get up every Wednesday and every Friday, and I would have to be to Farmer's Market for 5 a.m. And the kids would fight over who would go with me. How many of you have challenges getting your kids to get up to go to school, to get up to go to the bus, you know, to just to get them out of bed? And we have those kids. I mean, not all of our kids are morning people. But they would, honest to God, they would like, it's my turn, it's my turn. I mean, they would fight and argue to get up. You have to get up at 4.30 to get there for 5 o'clock. So they would argue 
over who was going to do this. And so how did we do it? How did we get them to go there? The answer is coffee. Coffee. And so this began at a very young age. Now, so we didn't start them at coffee at that young age, but what we did instead was what goes along with coffee? Donuts. We stopped at Dunkin' Donuts. So there's the ritual. We'd get in the truck to go. We'd load up the night before. We'd get in the truck to go. We'd stop at Dunkin' Donuts on the way down. They'd get their juice and their, coffee, their donut, whatever donut they wanted. And then we'd go to farmer's market, and it was three, three hours where I'm sitting there waiting for people to buy stuff, and I've got really nothing else to do while I'm waiting. And so we would enter into conversation. And I actually learned how to talk to my kids during this time where we would sit on the tailgate of the truck together waiting for people to pick stuff up. Yeah. And so this is where Let's Grab Coffee became very real for me. Now, when did we first introduce our children to coffee? It happened... It happened when we were in Florida. I don't think the kids were 16. I think they were a little bit younger than that, but I, their ages, uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, but we were, I remember where we were camping. We were camping on the 1100 loop, and um, we were like, hey, we think, you know, the kids were all, they saw us with our coffees repeatedly. They knew it was a thing. And I was like, hey, we should let the kids drink coffee. And we were like, all right, all right. Um, and then we're like, but we're going to give it to them with no cream and no sugar and see what happens. And so we made the coffee. We were doing, um, we were on Dunkin' Donuts cinnamon blend at that time. And so we made the coffee. We poured it in uh, four little cups. We gave it to the kids and they drank it. And three of them were like, this is terrible. And, and the fourth one was like, oh, it's good. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. So we let them go for a couple minutes in this black coffee phase, and then we were like, all right, we put sugar in our coffee. And some people put cream, and so we doctored them up, and they, they, they kept trying it, and they were like, ah. Not too long thereafter, they um, became coffee lovers like my wife and I, and so uh, we have uh, coffee dates with them. We go out to coffee. We grab coffee with, with everyone all the time. You know, it's just a, it's just a place to go, thing to do. Um, we have, uh, we're, we're coffee I don't know if you'd call us addicts, but we're coffee enthusiasts. And we've got the, the machine and the, the sauces and all that stuff. And so lots of fun. But over all those cups of coffee, we've had all of the important conversations. Maybe not all of them, but many, 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 many conversations. All right, last question. Um, what is the most important thing you would say to younger parents today as they are preparing to raise their children in the Lord? I would say, as you develop your relationship with the Lord, make sure you are working on discernment with the Lord. You have to, have to, have to be discerning today in life, period, but especially as parents, because those seasons come where the challenges stand at your door and you have to know, is this season up? Is this over? Rachel's our violin player. And fun story, when she wanted to play, she was eight years old, and she came to me and said, Mom, I want to start the violin. I was like, yeah, whatever. And um, then she went to Ron and said, I want to play the violin. And Ron came to me and said, hey, Rachel's playing, wanting to play the violin. And I said, yeah, it's just a passing phase. One of her friends will, you know, one of her friends is, is playing violin, so it's just not that big of a deal. Well, thank God he listened. <laughs> She's graduating next week, walking the stage from St. Rose Music School as a violin performance major. Amen. Amen. So, Amen. Thank God he listened. And but so she played with Empire State Youth Orchestras for years. And every time she would get new music, she'd cry. 
I can't do this. I can't do this. It's too hard. And your kids are going to want to come to you and quit. It's just our human nature. And it was at those times where you need to discern, okay, this is just her. We went through this the last time and give those pep talks. Rachel, do you remember all the rehearsals? Do you remember all the practices? Do you remember all your lessons? Do you remember learning the music the last time? You didn't know it from day one, but you you went through all of that and you got there and you go through those pep talks. And 99.9% of the time after one of those pep talks, I realized I was talking to myself about a struggle I was going through in life because God's just really cool like that. He likes to, you said, you have to live it before you speak it and as you speak it. So it's discerning those times, but then there was another time when my mom passed away and my kids were like 14, 15, the older kids, and they were preparing music to play at my mom's funeral. And then this argument ensued amongst a couple of the kids, and sometimes the same couple kids argue, (laughs) and especially over a topic. So I had a feeling I knew who wasn't getting along, and Rachel came in upset and stormed off to her room crying. And so I went to talk to her. She said, I can't do this. She's like, she was too upset. You know, we lost my mother. I said, okay, let's slow down. And it was the wisdom of the Lord that came upon me because what I heard come out of my mouth was, Rachel, I want you to think about the future. And do you want to look back at this time and say, oh, I quit, I gave up, I didn't play for my grandmother's funeral? Or do you want to look back at this time knowing you did your best and gave your all? And she ended up coming back to me. I don't remember how much time had passed, but she decided she didn't want to play with her siblings. She wanted to play by herself. And she played Amazing Grace at the the cemetery all by herself. And if that all didn't happen, we probably wouldn't have landed there. But it's having discernment to know. I love the story of Esther. Because when Esther gets sent to the palace to do the beauty contest. Oh, wait, that's the VeggieTales version, right? <clears throat> Sorry, it's still in there. But when Esther goes to the palace, her, her cousin Mordecai, who had raised her, said to her, don't tell who your people are. And Mordecai worked for this Gentile king. Yep. So the Bible doesn't tell us why Mordecai gave that information, but he had discernment to know. He had discernment to say to her, don't tell who you are. Then fast forward when, when the story unfolds, and we know that Esther stood up for her people, but when the, the messages were going back and forth between Esther and Mordecai, Mordecai's first response was, hey, this is the issue that the king decreed. Our people are going to get killed. You have to go before him. And her response was, no way. I'm not going to go before him. I could get killed. But then they settled down, because that's what we do. We react right away when we get news. So We all know the story, and then the messages go back and forth between Esther and Mordecai. And Mordecai says to Esther through the message, listen, God will raise up somebody to save us. It doesn't have to be you, but would you think about the fact that it could be the reason why you're here? Think about those words, because that's what we're called to do as parents. Yeah. We can't always tell them what to do, especially as they get older, but you can remind them who they are. And then Esther responds with, well, I'm going to fast and pray three days. I'm going to have my maidservants do the same, blah, blah, blah. And my perspective of that interaction was she was able to do that because of how she was raised. She didn't wake up one day, oh, oh, we're going to just fast and pray. She saw that growing up. So 
That's what we have to be modeling for our children. That will equip them in life because life's going to happen. Ready or not, we can try to keep them in our Christian bubbles, but it's not going to work. We have to equip them for what's coming. And we may not know, but God knows. So discernment, discernment, discernment. Amen. Amen. Uh, We So many of these things, we do the same thing. And so Stacy will tell other moms, I'll tell other dads, you know, God gave your children to you. And so you need to pray and you need to listen to God about what you need to do with your children. Because someone might send their children to public school because they want them to be a witness. And that's a great thing. And somebody else might homeschool their kids because that's their decision. Somebody might do this and somebody might do that. And it might be the exact opposite things, but neither one of them is wrong. It says in Proverbs, do not answer a fool. And then if you go down three verses later, it says, answer a fool. How do we know what to do? Because our ears are in tune to the Lord. Sometimes the Lord will say, he's a fool, don't answer him. And sometimes God will say, that fool needs saving, go speak to him. You need to listen to the Lord. God puts all these principles in the word. You need to hear. We need to hear what the Lord is speaking for our children, for our Timothys, right? God puts these young people in your life, whether they're your own children or not. We have mothers here for Mother's Day. We also have spiritual mothers in the house who don't have any of the children of their own, but they're mothers to many people. God puts these young ones in your life so that you can direct them. He put them in your life so that you can direct them. That's why he put them there. And so we need to listen to what the Lord is saying. This is where those of us who are older in the Lord, I'm pointing to Lori, but, uh, you know, we're not that much. We're not, we're not the Peters at this point. Maybe soon, but not yet. I still got a Peter in my life, so I'm, I, can't, I can't be graduated yet. Uh, but we, we pour into this younger generation, and so we're constantly praying for them. We're constantly listening to the Lord for them. And so whether it's your own children or not, there are people in your life that you influence. Pray for them. Pray what God has to speak to them and share it with them through love, right? And so the banner over all of this is that everything that we do as parents should always be done in love. The answer is love. Jesus said, love one another. A new commandment I give you, love one another. Paul brought it to the next level and he said, love fulfills the law. Love fulfills the law. And so as we, as we get ready to dismiss today, I just want to encourage you, love your kids You know, I hope that what Lori shared here today, some of the stories that we've shared here today, I hope they encourage you, they inspire you, and uh, I hope that you have something to take away today. But remember, do all that you do with love one for another. Amen? Amen. Can I share one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. On the topic of education, because you brought it up, don't, don't put your kids in the box, well, I decided to homeschool, that's it. And think you have to fulfill, fulfill, fulfill that for all of their education because life's going to happen. 
Amen. You know, after I had my youngest, and when he was two, I couldn't do anymore. I had to put my kids in school. So look at each year as it comes. Don't put that pressure on yourself as young parents to think, like, I made this decision, and therefore I have to stick with it. Deal with each year as it comes, because life changes. Your health changes. Work changes. Just life happens. So just be flexible in that, because God is flexible in it, too. And we did the opposite. You homeschooled and then put them in school. We had them in school and then homeschooled. So go figure. What was right? Both. Yeah, anything. This is where we hear from the Lord what he wants for any specific moment in time. Amen? Amen. Thanks, you guys. Guys, let's give Lori a big hand of of applause for uh, being willing to come out here and share on Mother's Day. Lori, would you please pray for all of the moms as we dismiss today? Sure, absolutely. Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for this time that we've had to share. And Lord, Mother's Day is a time of celebration. It's a time of reflection, but also it's a time that brings up pain in our hearts as well from loved ones that have passed, from families that have yet to come together and loss. And Lord, you know the whole gamut of it. So God, I just pray that you would surround each one, each mother, with your presence that you would let them feel celebrated, let them feel comforted, encouraged. Yes. To bring hope, Lord. We are messengers of hope as your people, but sometimes our hope wanes thin. So, Lord, I just pray for renewed hope today. And I pray, God, that whether a, a mom is going through a season of single parenting or loss, that you would just bring that strength that we all need to keep going forward. And I thank you, Jesus, that you hear the cries of each and every heart. I pray that you would connect families back together and bring those moments to celebrate, bring those moments of memories for laughter, even as we were sharing today about some of the things that our kids did when they were little. Bring all those memories, bring all the, the, the circumstances together so each mom each spiritual mom, each woman would feel celebrated today by you, our King, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.